Hi guys, episode 9 grand final preview. We got Kaz back in the house. Um, when we just talk about uh, you know a couple of games over the weekend and what we think uh, in the game leading up, uh, we obviously go a little bit more in depth. There's only one game to talk about, and that's our favourite team of the comp. Up that chucks. Hopefully you guys enjoy, and hopefully the boys can get the win. Peace. Big babes. Kaz, mate, how are you? Fantastic, mate. Excited. Always, always sensational. Nervous. So you still alive? Still alive at this time of the season. Exactly right. Exactly right. They're there again. They're there again. Are you pumped? I'm pumped, mate. I'm pumped. I'm obviously nervous. Always nervous. Uh, Pumped, excited, everything that comes with it. Excellent. Um, Just glad glad to see that we're back again. You know, it's funny, you know, when when you're in the moment, like this is how I felt the last two grand finals we've been in, where I've gone just... Just let us have this one, and I don't care about next year. Yeah. And then next year comes around, and I go, no, just let us have this one, and I don't care about next year, and so on and so on. So that's a little ends. bit of that's a little bit of that disease. You actually, um, you're very fond, not fond of, but you actually criticise a lot of people of. But it's a disease that we all suffer, and that disease is yes. known as recency syndrome. And we're in the moment. Yes. We love to live in the moment. And today is the moment, and we need to make sure we make the most of the moments that we get given. Most definitely. Yep. Well, we are going to talk about the grand final. Obviously, we're going to do a preview on the grand final, but I just want to get your thoughts on the on the two preliminary finals. Now, just before you start, I'd just like to say that preliminary finals are usually my favourite games because you have two grand finals. It's exactly. the equivalent of two grand finals. You've got teams and players and putting it all out there, and you, and you see spectacular performances. What did you think of the games over the weekend? And we'll start with the Canberra Raiders hosting the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Yeah, well, it was definitely a true for them. Um, you know, it wasn't a, a polished game. I know early on both teams had some, you know, some some fairly fairly simple kind of errors. Uh, there's a lot of grit and determination. Uh, but, you know, the, the best teams sort of come through in the end. Yeah. Um, credit, credit to the Raiders. You know, they didn't have... They didn't have as much of the ball, and they they didn't look quite, I guess, at their best. But they the best teams find a way to win, even when they're not playing the best. So, yeah. you know, all power to them to get it done. And mate, it all comes from from that that toughness and that grit that they have in the middle. The Papalis, the Batemans, the, the Raider that the Canberra Raiders have adopted this season. It's something that Ricky Stewart's probably been trying for a long, long time to get installed down there in the nation's capital. Uh, Ricky Stewart and I have had a running battle, which we will touch on a little bit later on. But I just felt that Canberra Raiders, they were very, very good. Although their offense probably wasn't the best. uh, The the way that they've sort of shaped their season, or not necessarily their season, their performances against the Melbourne Storm, and then to put them in a position where they are contending for a grand final now, playing a grand final, it's been based off the back of their, their steel and their defense. And, and, and being on top of the game, like suffocating almost. It's just never giving up in the fight. Um, but yeah, good scramble. Good great, scramble. Great, great scramble defense. But where they I really thought, play for where, each other. Where it sort of highlighted their dominance over the game, although the scoreline sort of blew out and, and, and a couple of tries for the Raiders, a couple of lucky tries you could say for the Raiders, where I feel like it actually shone that their dominance was over the game was when Papaliti scored. Now, those type of tries, I feel like, only ever come from a team that have been on top for a large portion of the game, especially towards the yeah. end of it. 
Uh, and, and when Papalitu managed to sort of just steamroll through them, as he did, it's sort of one of those tries we make out of nothing. I think that sort of highlights how much dominance the Canberra Raiders actually did have over the Rabbitohs yeah. in that game. It was a very key moment too, because you know uh, Nickel Coxstad had just been binned just previously, and us weren't able to capitalise and then kicked it dead. Yeah, and, seven and, tackles, and um, that was consistent. He held on a little bit too long. Maybe he might have milked the drop ball or whatever, but the reality was he needed to get up and play that ball. And, and so I think that yeah. was a deserved attempt of bit. But you're right, that, that was a pivotal try. To, and it probably just sort of a um, little bit of a reward there for Papalina's dominance throughout not only just that game, but since that Origin series, he's really, really shone this year, would you say? Yeah, big, yeah, big time. Yep. Big time. Right. Yeah, it seems... You know, it's it's funny when you look back to when he, he used to play on the edge. Yeah. And it feels like there's only one place middle. he should play, which is the middle. Uh. And no, it, he's it, not bigger too. It's, yeah, he, that's probably why he's moved into the middle, or it could have been he's gotten bigger because he's playing in the middle. But I feel as though those types of players, the Talmalolos, the Sam Burgesses, uh, the Sonny Bill Williams even, I don't like them yep. parked up on an edge. Yeah, of course, they can run. You know, they can run holes, and they can the they can get those halves. They can make those shots at those halves. They've got good footwork. They can offload. So understand what the thinking is when you put them on the edge. But the reality of it is, you don't want to sort of just park them up on a side of the field. You want to make sure that they can get their touches, more touches. They can dominate through the middle. They can they can sort of challenge one of the bigger forwards and, and be able to use their their strengths, their their fact that they're better than someone more regularly. That's how I see it. Sure, and the, and when you look at what that Raiders team was over the you know the last couple of years to what they've changed, you know Papali was on on an edge, and they had Shannon Boyd and Junior Paulo in the middle. That's a lot of size. Yeah, you're probably missing a little bit of speed out wide. Yeah, and even in the middle, and now you've got Papali who's you know you know fairly fairly agile no for a big guy, yep. but very powerful, very strong, and, and has definitely improved his motor. And then you get to add someone like John Bateman onto the edge. Wasn't he great? And we'll touch on him, but we, we, we just want to talk about, obviously, the Roos and the Storm game, the second set preliminary final. Uh, what are your thoughts on that game? Oh, mate, the, the, a def, such a defensive effort from the Bondi wall. You know, I, I, I don't know if you might have heard me in the moments and in the excitement oh, of the I game, heard you. but I, I continue to say that I don't care how many points Melbourne conceded this year. I've always still felt that we were the best. Of, we, we are the number one defensive team. Well, we showed that. We showed that on Saturday night. Um, we managed to sort of just have answers for everything. Then Jerome Hughes managed to cut us up in the middle of that second half. I thought that was a dubious opportunity that they managed to uh, get by the Melbourne Storm with that penalty, which I, I had a look on the replay and I still... Cannot see how our markers weren't square there, but maybe it was the angle of the yeah, camera. Well, talk about markers not being square. It should have been Sinbin down He should have been Sinbin. Professional foul or a penalty trial, one or the other, uh, would yeah. have sufficed for me anyway. Uh, the, the result at the end was all that matters, and the Roosters managed to come home with it. Like I said, solid defense. Yeah, they they were a few sure. drop balls in the first half, would you agree? Yeah, look, we, we, we lacked a little polish all around, but we, we still played good. We still played very good and, and I, off the back of our defence. You know, we weren't allowing anyone in, so it was You can ask more questions, resilient. you can press and a little we bit have more. Enough, we just have enough game breakers where, you know, you have Tedesco at the back. You know, you're putting kicks up to people like Tupo. You've got, you know, international wingers like Brett Morris on the wing. You've got Manu in, interna- uh, Manu in international, Latrell Mitchell in international. So it's just a lot of guys that, 
can help break the game open with a sniff and a moment. So if the defence stays strong, those guys are going to be able to find something yeah. to be able to get over the line. And we look, we're hard. If we get a lead, we set it up and, and we get out front, out front, get a lead in the um, you know the early stages of the game. It's it's kind of how we like to play, and now we're dictating the terms. Yeah. So we did that very well. I'm obviously always a big clash against Melbourne. I feel like over the last couple of games, we've sort of got their number. Yeah, well, you're right. We've gotten them a couple of times as well through an origin period. Um, but definitely, we played them two big games in two seasons in a row. And, and we've pr- we've pretty much beaten them comfortably, really. You know, we beat them comfortably in the grand final last year. And, you know, as close as the game sort of ended up, our defence, it, it actually looked impenetrable. Yeah. Well, Man. in those in those two games, that grand final conceded two tries. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. And even in this, this year's semi-finals, we've conceded two tries. Yeah. Anyway, we, we obviously got to move on to the big game, the big dance, the grand final. Uh, two teams. Uh, you could say they deserve to be there. Obviously, they beat. If any team that beats Melbourne in a semi final, I'm, I'm willing to say they deserve to be in a grand final. Well, look, both teams beat the other two top four teams to get exactly that, right. So. so to win it. To win it this year, you've knocked off the entire top four. Um, something I just want to quickly touch on before we get on to the Wiki versus Ricky battle. Um, uh-huh. If the Roosters manage to win a premiership this year in 2019, not only are they the first team to win back-to-back since 92-93, the Brisbane Broncos, but they've also managed to knock off the top four teams two years in a row. Yeah. So they haven't been, but they've obviously still got to do it. They've still got to get the job done. The jobs are done, but just to put that in perspective, that is the pinnacle of the sport. There's players, there's teams down the bottom. Sometimes you get runs, you get, but they've both times gone bang, 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 bang. If they manage to do it again, bang, bang, bang. There's no more dominant team that I've ever seen. Yeah. And, you know, we might have talked about the, the, that battle being the team of the decade. That's exactly what it is. Two premierships, the same amount of minor premierships. That's it. Both, fourth, both teams four from seven in the prelims. Four from seven in the decade. prelims. There you go. Both teams, with, both teams with four minor premierships. There you um, go. And, yeah, look, I guess the Roosters going to in this Sunday trying to play for the, their third Premiership victory of the of the decade uh, of the decade, but you know yeah. there's still a lot of work for them to do. Most definitely. Yep. Well, okay, we're going to get onto this battle, Ricky versus Ricky. Um, something that I've you know sort of probably built up, and um, sadly, Ricky probably doesn't even know about this battle, believe it or not. But you know, if there's anyone out there listening that is close to the you know the the coach of the Raiders, let them know that there is a battle going on between him. And a super fan of the Roosters by the name of Wiki. And it, and it start, it's been going for a long time. But I want to make this clear. This year, I haven't really had too many jobs in him, have I? Would you agree with that? No, you haven't. Mate, pretty much since before the season started, I remember you even said, oh, I kind of think Canberra are going to be all right this year. Yeah, I, I, I would have predicted well, them to make the grand final. But from very early on, you were like, you, were, you, you definitely didn't start bagging Ricky and then change your tune. Yeah, you know you've you've sat back a lot more this year. There was a couple of times where I thought, oh, that's that's vintage Ricky Stewart, and and it's that it's the thing we've talked about by another coach, which which we'll talk about on another podcast. But I feel as though there are times where he gets in the press conference and it's you know it's it's all it's always what about me? It's always like what about us? It always feels as though like he's always been hard done by, 
And I don't know mm. if that's a tactic of his in the press conference or if that's how he is as a person or a coach, but it was something that I didn't really appreciate. I haven't really uh, taken a liking to over my, you know, observations or my when I watch mm. him play a, a coach, you know. But this yeah, year, I, I, I felt... Part of it really comes down to uh, Ricky Stewart really fucking hates losing. No, oh, uh, that's probably true. You know, like a lot of great winners. Yep. Uh, yeah, sometimes they can be bad losers. Yeah, that's his, yeah, that's probably what he is. He's probably just a bad loser, and you know, good on him for being that. But um, I was shocked that they re-signed him. Whenever they re-signed him, due to his performances, must have an amazing manager. Uh, but I, I felt this year the reason why I was a little bit hesitant, not hesitant, yeah, probably hesitant, in in making taking jobs and shots and jabs at, at the Raiders and and Ricky Stewart. I think it all starts with the number nine, Josh Hudson, and hasn't he added another string to his bow this year? Oh yeah, he's he is uh, he is their sort of he's their leader, really, isn't he, Josh Hodgson? Yep. Uh, he he's the mastermind and the dictator from you know orchestrating everything from that nine position. He's got a tenacity about him, you know. He's he's taking the 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 season by storm with these these strips. These, yep. With the, the famous strip calls, I think he's got a bloody 14 or 15 this year. The whole Bruce's team has two. There you go. So, um, but yeah, he's sensational. He's, he's a real-class player. Um, you know, he was a big reason why they did win on Friday night. He was a big reason and, why they had a, a strong campaign in 2016 and another big reason as to why they probably missed the eight last year because he was out for a yeah, large yeah. portion of the season. Yeah, he was out for nearly half the year, so that really really hurt him. Mm. Um, and obviously he hurt himself the year before, so... You know, it's he's he's a massive key for Canberra if they're going to get it done, and and obviously for the Roosters if they want to try and shut down Canberra is to, to limit his impact as much as possible. Yeah, that's all right. That is exactly right, and and that sort of takes us to um, what I want to talk about next. It's it's the battle up front. You know, I think Jared Hargraves has probably been the best front row of this decade. Now he doesn't get the props that a lot of people um, what I think he deserves, or a lot of other front rowers are getting. But when you look at his record, when you look at the Roosters' record, you look at his performances, I, I don't understand why people don't recognise him as the premier front rower. You know, I'm not yeah, saying he's think... better than Jason Tamalolo. I'm not saying he's better than those the players that can play 13. What I'm saying is a number 8 or a number 10, since, since 2010, there's been no better front rower than him. Plain and simple. Yeah, well, this is his fourth grand final, Jared Warrior. You know, played a lot of international footy, and, and everyone does like to bring up those statistics um, of how the Roosters play when he's not in the side. And disregard the numbers, you and I say it many times, just from the eye test, we notice that not just when he's not playing in the game, but when he comes off the, the, bench. Off the field and is and onto the bench, you know, you notice that difference. So he's going to be massive. Obviously, Papali's been a form um, front row. I'd say he's the form front row. Yeah, definitely the form front rower and, you know, really gets their, their go forward going. He's got that offload in his game and he, you know, is that leader with actions for that Canberra team that they all sort of ride off the back of. So it, it'll be really important for Hargraves and look the rest of the, um, the, the sort of middle contingent, but definitely Hargraves is the leader to really take it to Papali. That's what he loves doing is taking it to the number one middle um, in the opposition and he usually does quite well at it. So the yeah. key is just to not... Get over-enthusiastic. That, that, that's Tread just that a, an interesting battle that, that I'm looking forward to. And it's one of those battles that's probably only really generated by, by the fans. You know, sometimes the media sort of build up a battle between two players at times. Whereas, you're right, 
we don't need to get too carried away with Josh Papali. They've got players like John Bateman. They've got Sia Soliola, probably playing the best football he's played ever yep. at NRL standard. Um, a friend of ours, you know, we go back a long way. Apparently, um, his debut season was with Ricky Stewart at the Roosters, and he made yeah. the most tackles that year for any centre in the game. And you know what, Zach? I counted every single one of them. <laughs> 642 <laughs> tackles in that year. <laughs> Oh, beautiful, beautiful. No, no, yeah, no but... They do, have, they do have a strong pack. They've got a lot of people to worry about. And something Jared actually come out and said this week. Yes. And they asked him What's about that said? contest. And they said, look, if you, if you look, obviously he's an uh, important guy for them and we want to um, limit him and shut him down as much as we can. But if you put all your focus into one player, you're missing the point Yeah. what you've got to go out and do. Yeah, and, and, and that another player that they've probably got to keep an eye on is, is that other English recruit that they've got on their right edge who's taken, you know, the NRL... By the scruff of the neck, if you ask me. Oh, Johnny Most Bateman. Definitely. Johnny. Most definitely. Two two sort of different style back rowers in John Bateman lining up against someone like Boyd Cordner. Yes. Um, obviously, Boyd, he's a, bit, a little little larger than him, height-wise. Yeah. Um, he's got a bit unorthodox in him, John Bateman. Yes. Boyd just hits that, hits that hole real hard, runs strong, tackles hard. But, you know, whatever Bateman looks like he lacks in size... Um, he certainly makes up for it in, in heart and courage, yeah. um, and he's a winner. He's a winner. Yeah, and so, he, the way that he plays, I, I think I think I I seen his score in the first game of Supercoach, and I was like, oh, that's a pretty good score. And then I might have watched him play the second game and saw him play, and just instantly thought, he's good. Not only is he good, Supercoach scores wise, that way that he plays is going to maintain for the rest of the season. It's not the style of game that he plays. It's very high percentage. And sorry, I don't even know if that's the right word, but it's a very, very easy way to achieve what he needs to do every time. He doesn't do anything that spectacular. He just does what he does very, very well. And and, and that brings us back to the, the right. to the boy corner aspect as well. Is, yeah, he runs those good lines. He runs those sharp lines. But, you know, as an edge back rower at the NRL standard, if you can't be running those, if you can't run those lines... You're not playing first grade, so so they exactly can all run right. those You're lines. Do more than just run a line. He he just what he does very well. He just does it very well all the time, and he does it at a high standard. Yeah. Oh boy, and and it's just his consistency. He got man of the match or players player or something like that, and he yeah, deserved yeah. it. So because he he's massive. just he was massive. He's just so consistent. He's always there. He always has an answer. Um, and I see him miss a lot of tackles a lot of times. I do. Yeah, and it's 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 those tackles where he's trying to close the hole. You know what I mean? It's always yep. sort of like they're trying to cover someone else. Yeah, and, and and it looks bad because he has missed the tackle, but the reason why he's missed the tackle is why he's so good is because he's there. Yeah, he's just there, and you'll notice it. He might miss another tackle, but it's a tackle that he's had to come across for someone else. Yeah. No, he's a he's an inspirational athlete by his actions, not just his words, uh, Boydie. So, you know, I'm expecting another big game from him this week. Um, you know, he'll be he'll be well fired up. Yeah, the kangaroo captain. Yep, and and then something that I think the Roosters really really need to unleash is Latrell Mitchell. Yeah, he's been quiet the first two weeks of the finals. He, he yeah, he's been doing his job, but he hasn't been doing what he can do. And, and and 
it's scary, isn't it? It's scary to yeah. see how dominant the Roosters have been with their biggest strike weapon. Actually, that's not true. Tedesco's our biggest strike weapon. But with one of our biggest strike weapons still yet to strike this final series. Joey Manu, on yeah. the other hand, Joey yeah. Manu, on the other hand, has been struck. And, that, and that, that's the question that I want to ask you, Kaz, is who is a better setter right now in the game? Latrell Mitchell well, or Joey Manu? Well, if you're talking like current form, it's really hard to go past Manu. And it's not to say Latrell has played poor at all. He just has been a little quieter. There's been some instances where, obviously, when you've got a guy like Latrell who has the X factor and that explosiveness and that game breaker in him, naturally, when you come up against another team, they're going to be focusing on that to some extent because they know that that's right there. So when we send it left to that great left edge, Kiri and Cordner and Latrell, and whether he's getting the ball or the ball's going short, you know, there's there's a tension that's been drawn there. Then you forget about the other side, and that's sort of really allowed Joey Manu to blossom. Where you know we're everyone's looking left, and then we go right, and then we go, hang on a minute. If Joey Manu's with ten meters out from the line and he's close one on to one. one on one. He's going to score or he's going to set up for his winger? Yeah. If he gets one on one, 10 out, he's scoring the try. They have to get that extra number there. And that's what's, that's where it all opens up, really. Yeah. Yeah, so right now, you don't, it's hard not to say Joe Manu. Uh, one thing I have been really impressed with Latrell has been his defence. But both of them, really, they both depended really well yeah. late, of late. The but whole side has. So. The defence all comes down to the system. The system. He has been executing, yeah. Joe Manu, and he, and he does look dominant. And, and that's something that I, I will be interested to see when they do play each other in the test match, if Australia play New Zealand, I'm not sure. But that's something that I want to see. Is, and I think that's where the answer is, is. Is I'm confident Joey could, could, you know, do as good a job as any other centre, maybe better, on Latrell Mitchell. Sorry about that, folks. One second. Apologise about that. Sorry about that, guys. Just had to... The yeah, yeah, got a phone call is, in the studio that, from head office. Was one of one of Ricky Stewart's one of Ricky Stewart's guys? Correct. He's he's heard there's a battle between the two, between mm. Ricky and Sticky. Um, can't can't go into too much detail what it is, uh, just right now. But I might I might let the fans and all that hear um, what the call was. Uh, maybe later on in the week, closer to grand final day. Anyway, back at it. What were we talking about? Sorry, I did get sidetracked there. I Joey forgot. Manu and Latrell. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, Joey, Joey, Joey got the better of him last year. Yes. The, Sorry, that's what I was match. getting at. Is I think Joey could do as good a job, if not a bit better than any other centre in the comp up against Latrell Mitchell, with, with the fact that he's got the rest of the Roosters' right edge there. So, as any other mm-hmm. player in the comp. But I don't reckon Latrell would do as good a job on Joey as Joey would do on Latrell, and that's how yeah, I s- how I see them. So against the field, against the league, Latrell's probably better and will probably be more dominant. But against each other, and and that comes back to this Federer and Nadal situation. Against each other, I think Joey gets Latrell, and that's why in this next text match, that'll be it. Because like you said just before. Joey did get the better of him in the test match. You know, if he goes 2-0 up against each other, there's the debate there, if you ask me. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Yes. Well, I think you'll have... Um, it'll be... Latrell will be lined up with BJ. BJ Lelor. Well, I don't think BJ's playing. He's not playing. Has he not been this, named? It, 
He got named in the squad today, didn't he? Oh, I, I haven't seen the Raiders sight. I thought he got injured. Yeah, well, I mean, look, there was an injury cloud on. Well, on would you on like Raider to be able? Uh, would you be able to get a get that up for us, please? Yeah, I'm sure I can retrieve that that information. Get that up for us because I was under the impression that he he was he was down, and, and I, I sort of thought that was probably a blessing for for the Raiders. G- granted, no. BJ has those X factor in him. I don't think he's good in big games. And I like the safety with Kotrick. He's still very good. And that Simmonson, from on the wing, he's a good player. He doesn't have the same areas that BJ's got him. And as good as BJ is, he's good against... He's a flat-track bully. That's how I see him. You know, he'll, be, he'll yeah. play good against the Dragons at, at freaking Bruce Stadium. You know, he might go good against the Titans up there at whatever they call it in Rabina. But when it comes to but the big game, Leila was named, but Leila was named. But you know, the, this is the twenty-man squad, twenty-one-man squads they name on Tuesday, so it's yeah. you know it's irrelevant if he if he might be a little injured. But we're not we're not going to know until until kickoff, um, an hour much, before much kickoff. Closer. Yeah, until an hour before kickoff. Yeah, and and so, so whoever they do have there, they 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 they're not you know they're not missing out too much. I just feel as though when when it gets to those big games, I, I'd rather not have BJ Leila personally, but it's up to them. Mm. I'm not their coach. Anyway, well, what do you think about them? Uh, so, yeah, sorry, sorry, to answer your question, if Leilua plays, he will be on Mitchell's side, that's correct. Um, and so that'll put... And put, Jared Croker and Joey Marnie line up, lining up against each other. On the other side, yes, on the other side. But it'll be a good good um, contest in the air between Joey Rapana and Anthony Tupo. That'll be a good contest in the air. And I, Anthony and I think, Tupo, in off, in off the back row from 2000 onto the wing. Who? Anthony Tupo. Was he on the wing in 2000? In the back row in 2000? Oh, 2002. Oh, yeah, sorry, you got me. 2002 yeah. or three or four. Yeah. Anthony yeah. Tupo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the Roosters, man. That's how they do it. Anyway. Exactly. Obviously, the, the, there's got to be a final word as the, before they go out between the two coaches to win their clubs, Robbo and Ricky. Now, you and I know we have a soft spot for Robbo. Most Ricky definitely. Stewart, what do you think he's going to say before they run out? Well, he's. I think he was just going to be doing everything he can to relax that team as much as he can. Um, obviously, taking all the pressure off them, putting all as much pressure as he can on the Roosters. You know, we're the underdogs. No one's expecting us to win, but they don't know what we can do. So let's go out and do it. And so first, still, still want them to be cherishing the moment of the day, and that it is the first grand final for the Raiders in twenty-five years. So he's. He's definitely a guy who's emotional and can get people up for the game, um, but he'll definitely want to get him relaxed. And and Robbo will. This is you know this is just all part of the plan that he started planning three hundred and sixty days ago. Three hundred and sixty so, days. He had five days off last yeah, year, didn't he? Yeah, stay in the course, um, focusing on our def- on our defence, and, and just keep taking it that one set at a time of exactly the little things that we want to do to be playing the perfect game and the best game Today, in October. This weekend. This this coming weekend. Anyway, so your predictions for the game, Kaz? Predictions for the game. Look, I mean, I bleed red, blue and white, so it's pretty hard for me to, to be tipping against us. Um, I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be a very entertaining game. Uh, I think we're going to see... Um, obviously, a, a good battle between those forwards in the in the middle in that that, in that opening twenty, and that's really going to really set the pace for for the winning team. 
I think I think that the Roosters will be too strong. Obviously, in my heart and my head, but I'm also very very nervous that the Raiders just have, they just have that like it's just this that these awkward sports. style of play. Oh, three when when the Panthers got us, you know they they have like someone like Jack White or Josh Hodgson or John Bateman, like these guys who can just bust the game open. And if the Raiders, the thing that's hurt the Raiders in the last last couple of times when they've played us. Um, obviously, in, in up, up at uh, Suncorp for the Magic, Magic Weekend, we were at 24-6 at half time, you know, and they itched their way to really getting really close to almost pulling off a miracle upset at the end, um, but they just they missed the start. And then when we played them in Canberra, they, they got over the line first, but then we hit back straight away. We scored a couple of tries, and we went in at half time uh, a try up, put in, scored another try after half time, and we had a 10-point lead, and if we're ten points in front, or if we're if we're six in front, but if we're just over a converted try in front, we're very very hard to catch. Yep. So that's where it comes down to for the Raiders if they can if they can get a jump on it. However, they did show against Melbourne, you know, a little just over a month ago that they're not afraid to try and make a comeback if they need to. So yeah, no, and that, and that's what worries me because they have the ability to just turn the ball over. You know, they literally yeah, have that Jack ability. White, Jack White and Josh Hodgson, they're the ones that can uh, <coughs> break the game over for them if they're able to win. Yeah. Uh, Jack White is the one that, that kind of what scares and worries, worries me the most. He's a big, strong, quick guy. Um, I want him, to be honest, I, I want him to kick as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, I find it strange when people talk about how good his kicking game is, maybe how much better it's gotten to what it was, but it's when I see Jack White and kicking those short kicks through there's a lot of times that they, they go dead so I'm, I'm more than happy as a Roosters fan to see Jack White putting kicks in it's when he runs it's yeah. when he runs that's that's what I want to see pass or kick the ball please Jack don't have that don't football run and I think I think I think he's going to not listen to you this week and I think he's going to do a lot of running yeah I think he's going to try and try and show what he can do you know what Munster does I think I think he's going to get a, a little bit of that sort of play to him he's going to want the football, he's going to want to do what he wants to do, and and that's the best way that he plays his footy, is just with the ball in hand, and you know, you're only giving away your strength when he gives it to someone else, because he is the strength of yeah. My prediction, um, and I don't like making predictions, but my prediction is, is the Roosters deserve to be favourites, and my prediction is they, they, they're going to they're going to get off to a, a, a bit of a, t- a tight bustle, tight tussle between the two. And then at first, I think we might score a penalty goal to start. And then I think over the 80 minutes, we might be able to just just wear them down a little bit. And, and you never know, we might get one of those forward trials um, late in the game. Where they I just think it's going it to be over. a low-scoring low scoring Absolutely. game Absolutely, well. absolutely. Less than 30 points. There'll be less than 30 points in this game. So really, like two, two or three tries will win it. Two or three tries, and and we just need to score five then, if that's the case. Anyway, <laughs> I think we are going to have to wrap it up there, Cass. I really do. Uh, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. I am looking forward to the game. I will be going out there on Sunday. Uh, getting a busload out there with a few of the Roosters boys. Sadly, you know, disappointing you're not able to make it with us, but I'm sure you'll be watching it somewhere, Kaz. Yeah, 
I will be. I'll, I'll be. I'll be watching it with a close friend of mine who is a Canberra Raiders fan. Ooh, I'm going it's going to be all happening then. I'll be watching it at, in his household. We might have to so live stream it. Sure, there's some red, blue, and white uh, presents Colours. right there. And Absolutely. There. Anyway, guys, we're going to have to wrap it up there. Pleasure talking to you, mate, and I'll chat to you a little bit later on the week. Right, you two big babes. Let's up go. Up that on. chooks. Let's go, chookies. Up the chookies. Pick up. Pick up.